This is Gigi Sabat, and you're listening to the Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Donna Carter. Welcome to the show, Donna. Hi, Gigi. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from? Okay. Um, I am from, uh, I live in a small rural community called uh, Streetman, Texas, Uh few people have heard of it, but so we left the Dallas area um, and we had been building a home and we left the Dallas area in 20 and, and moved out to a very rural community and, um, and have loved that. I have a five-year-old son, um, which uh, my husband and I met later in life. Neither one of us had had children. And so I had my first child at 48. Um, which has allowed me to see my friends raise their children and hear, um, hear all the things that were happening and they're taking prayer out of schools and, um, you, you know, they're doing away with the Ten Commandments in public spaces and all that stuff. And, and it, it wasn't that I didn't care and it wasn't that I wasn't opposed to, the, to those things. But um, unfortunately, I think I felt um, unaffected on a personal level. And um, why? Well, I wasn't in an arena to where I was in a courthouse on a daily basis or I was in a school on a daily basis. Um, So it was sort of like that stuff that you hear is happening Um, but I wasn't really faced with any of it. And so, um, like I say, I, I I thought, well, that's weird. Or like, that doesn't seem right at all. Um, but didn't do any legwork or research or, um, or anything like that, or really feel the need to do it until I, um, have a dog in the fight now. And, um, I, you know, I have friends and, and, and they have sent their kids to public school or private school. And I just remember hearing, you know, about certain experiences and, and just thinking, yeah, 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 blah, blah, you know, <laughs> a, a little bit. Um, not that I didn't love them and, and love their kids. And, um, but it was like great, wonderful Christian classical, you know, private school. And it, like I thought, well, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, or it would be, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum. And um, here again, I, I would just think, well, you know, that doesn't, like, I don't remember school being like that, or that's not how it was when I was in school. Um, and, but, you know, having a whole generation of, of that happening, most of my friends now's kids are going off to college or they're becoming grandparents. And, um, so it, it's, it's sort of that erosiveness of what's happened I've been detached from. And, and so it's much more in my face because I haven't been there every single day watching it as it, as it transpired. Absolutely. So earlier you mentioned how prayer is being removed from our schools. What changes do you want to see in our education system? Well, and so I immediately um, started substitute teaching. So I thought one thing, we live in a community where we kind of border two counties and there's another school, um, 
you know, just as close as either of the other two where he, my son could go to school. And so I was going to those schools, talking to the um, principals and, and the people and, and telling them, you know, I would like to substitute, uh, you know, I have a son that's going to be entering school. And even that process in itself was very eye-opening. Um, you know, I go to church with people who are on the school board. And um, I mean, these are wonderful, godly people who at some point I have had to say, you know, this has happened under our watch. Now, just because I was on the back row not paying any attention or just because you were front and center and, and, and maybe praying or doing whatever, like either way, it has, it has happened um, with us, you know, observing it, you know, transpire right in front of us. And, you know, the prayer in school, the whole, so when I started looking at the schools and, um, just the idea and, and the things that, um, schools were based on places like Harvard, Yale, like those institutions in themselves, the founders of those places put a, um, great emphasis on the importance of wisdom and biblical wisdom as opposed to just knowledge. And somehow, not only have we gotten away from that, but we deny those very beginnings. Absolutely. Now, earlier you and I were talking about the school shootings. Let's talk about it. Uh, how did that impact your life? So I, um, like I said, I moved to a rural community. We were kind of like big city people and we came up here. And um, the very first thing I, I did was I saw this little Republican headquarters building that I thought was very <laughs> dilapidated and needed the yard mode. And, and so God, that's how God showed up for me. It was something I was doing every single day. And that yearning inside me thought, I could at least mow the grass. And so I picked up the phone and I said, who do I need to talk to about mowing this grass? And um, that turned into, you know, meeting someone um, from the county who, you know, was involved with the community. And it really started there to where um, God opened. I am not historically political. I mean, I, I'm a, a conservative. I've, um, you know, I've voted in um, presidential elections, but uh, that's about the extent of it. <laughs> I couldn't have told you, you know, I mean, I can maybe tell you the governor and things like that in the past, but that was about it. But so now, um, I wanted to do something. It was it was getting to the point, you know, uh, we moved out in the beginning of the pandemic. So it was, you know, in 20 and we weren't able to go to church. The kids couldn't go to school. Um, you know, we left where it was really bad in Dallas and came out to where it was much more lax. Um, but it, it really was ha having had enough. Like, I don't know what's going on, but somebody's got to do something. And um, it started with a phone call. And then someone came to the house and she was like, if you really want to do something, have an event. And so um, because we could not do anything anywhere, I opened my home and um, 
the phone call happened in March of 21. And by July 4th, I had 250 people at my house from all over the state. And people were so ready and, and wanted to be together. And, you know, it was really God showing me like, if you'll just do what you can, I'll do what you can't. And so it, it was congressmen and um, just all kinds of people that attended and just lovely people. And, you know, people that brought their RVs from Corpus Christi and their families. And um, it was just a, a wonderful experience. So I thought I'm going to get involved on the local level. So I marched down to my little, you know, women's group and uh, uh, they didn't like Donna. They, you know, were like, oh, yes, we'd love to have your help and we'll put you on this committee. And, um, you know, then it was just a lot of stonewalling. And I think, OK, like, what do you want me to do? I just had an event. I can't wait, you know. Um, but it was just like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. And um, <laughs> so it was it was I was on a fundraising um, team and um, we were organizing an event and I kept saying, well, I just need to know the budget. I just like how much are, do we have for food? How much do we have for venue? Da, 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 you know, and I, I wasn't getting any answers. And finally, I, I had to say, well, surely you could see how the inability to get any kind of numbers of previous events could be questionable to a newcomer. Absolutely. And their heads almost exploded. And I literally left that meeting crying and just, <gasps> you know, I mean, they didn't, it was get out, you know, how dare you question us and whatever. But so I stuck my head in the sand and that was it. I thought, you know, my husband was always kind of alluding to this whole like government political stuff is mean girl, you know? And I just thought, Oh, I got thick skin. It doesn't make any difference. Um, but you know, so then I thought, forget it. They don't want my help. You know, I tried. Um, and then I stuck my head back in the sand. Um, and then it was May of last year when Uvalde happened and I was, um, affected. I, um, I, like I, like we were talking about earlier, I, I took it personally as if that happened in my own backyard. And there were lots of problems that day, but my brother-in-law is a retired Texas Ranger. And um, I, I just, I texted him and I said, hey, like, can you talk? And this was a couple days after it happened. And, and so I called them and I said, what, do, what, what, what is going on? Like what happened? And he proceeded to tell me some things that I was unaware of, like one of the reasons they waited, which I'm sure you and a lot of your listeners and viewers saw the footage yes, of them. And um, so they were waiting on a rifle resistant ballistic shield to come from the next county. And um, when I heard that, my heart broke. And he said, you know, it was a lot like what happened in Columbine, although 32 years ago, and I remember Columbine, um, what would have taken um, a rifle round took a dolly and a big truck and about four people to get it to the area. And now um, that same equipment can, it's just like a 24 by 36 shield that can be held by one person and carried in the trunk. Um, and he even said, he was like, I don't know why every first responding vehicle doesn't have one. And I thought, well, yeah, I wonder why. 
Um, and, you know, I feel the Holy Spirit was involved in that conversation. I, I, I picked up the phone. I called our local sheriff's department and I said, look, if it were to happen tomorrow, are we ready? And he said, no, you know, that we don't have equipment. We applied for a grant, you know, and, um, you know, we were on a waiting list. And so I then I started researching ballistic shields and um, literally just kind of calling off the internet. And the first person that called me back was with Highcom Armor. And in, you know, I was like, hi, my name's Don Carter. And um, I think at that point I had said the words going ballistic, but it was still just kind of an idea. And, um, but he liked, he liked it. So, I mean, going ballistics mission is to provide rifle-resistant ballistic equipment to rural communities um, who don't have the budget um, to, to get any of this equipment on their own. And so he, it happened to be their shield that showed up in Uvalde. It took the five rounds and they've never had one fail. And, um, and here again, I was just kind of stepping out on faith. Like I believe everybody's passionate about something and for me, a lot of times that passion shows up in anger. And I was just so at the end of myself. And I thought, I cannot do nothing. And, I, and, and this was just my something. And, um, and so we, we said, okay, we're going to do it. And so then I, I kind of started the, the fundraising part, which I was totally, I, I know nothing about nonprofits. I've never been... I, I was on the I was on one board once, but uh, and it was a f starter upper, and so we were very green, and um, it it was really just stepping out on faith and doing something, and God um, showed up by Highcom Armor gave us our very first shield because I was like I don't know how we're going to raise the money, and then I was constantly caught in the catch twenty two of. Um, you know, well, do I give a shield or should I raise the money first? Or, you know, what do we do? And even the sheriff's department was, once I got the shield in my hands, um, was like, well, it's the holidays, you know, maybe we wait till everything kind of lays low and then we can do it and, you know, have more media present. Da, 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 da. And it was just amazing how on the lowest rung um, of that type of scenario, how quickly it was like, well, maybe we should take full advantage of this, you know, and, and, and wait. And um, I just remember thinking like, that is exactly what, like, no more waiting was one of our taglines. And yet when we had the shield in hand, it was like, well, you know, we need to make sure we've got press there and you need your media kit and da, 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 you know, and you know much more about that than I do, but um it, it's just baffling how, um, and I think of it as like the world, right? You know, on how the best of intentions um, was immediately like paused um, because of the hope to capitalize even more, which seems like a really good idea um, at the time. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Now you said a powerful statement here. Step out in faith. I'll say it again for those of you who are listening in. Step out in faith. And I'll say it again. Step out in faith. Very powerful, Donna. Now, Donna, what gives you the most joy? Oh, um, 
So the idea of living for an audience of one. So um, like, I'd love for my husband to be happy with what I'm doing, but um, a lot of times he can just be like, you have no idea what you're doing or whatever. And he's right. Um, but to know that in, in, in some times along the way, I've been faced with decisions and, and I'll think, you know, is this what I should do? And, but at the time I thought, well, I, I thought I heard from God. You know, and, and I don't know, right? It wasn't this audible, like, start of a nonprofit. But, um, but I knew in my heart, and then there was that tangible um, result of, you know, like, not having the money for the shield and God showing up and, um, and just the people and the conversations that I've had. So I showed up, um, you know, with nothing more than business card in hand and, you know, made one contact that literally opened the doors um, to just believing that, well, yeah, I mean, there's no reason, like, that's a great idea. Why, why wouldn't it work? Right. And, and, and it's just, God is, is so good. And, and all I hope for is that well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, I wasn't, I think maybe and it's funny because listening to your show and um, I, I have been put on this quest and in the process of that quest, like I am being fed, I am being grown. And I, you know, I'm listening to your podcast, you know, thinking, well, oh, what is she like and what is she going to do? And I, I listened to you and Sharona and um, she has been such an advocate for me. And um, I got to meet her at CPAC and she interviewed me there. And then I was able to be on her show. And then I hear your conversation with her and just hear all of the stuff about like the FBI showing up and just, I had no idea. Um, and, and, and when she said, you know, like, are you prepared? She was speaking to the audience just as if like, are you ready for them to show up at the door? Because it happens and it, it's just so um, gratifying for me to know that a nobody from nowhere. And I, I think her show that you had titled it something like that, God's calling the nobodies or whatever. And it's true. And there are so many of us and that we are just laying in wait. Like we are just waiting for our marching orders and, and we just aren't getting them because of course they don't want us to um, galvanize and organize and, um, you know, do what we need to do to be prepared for battle. Um, and I, I unfortunately think that the church has um, like dropped the ball. And unfortunately that ball was picked up by the government. And a lot of people who um, typically would have looked to their community for help now are looking more on a federal level because there's help available. Um, and they just need help. Like they just need food or that whatever it is they need. Um, but because we, we weren't meeting them on a local level and we, you know, kicked it up to a federal thing. Now, now that's where people go for help. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I want to circle back to what you said earlier in regards to, to God speaking to you because that, that is real. And, and when you get quiet, you, you can hear him. And so thank you for sharing that with us. Now, Donna, 
tell us a little bit more about the major challenges that you had to overcome in your life and, and how can others do the same? Um, so I have, like all of us, had um, challenges. I was raised in a Christian home. I was a believer early in life, um, although would not want anyone to take the path I took. Um, I fortunately was able to um, recalibrate in, in when I was 40. And for the first time ever, I set aside what I thought and what I knew um, about everything. God, how to live, how, you know, <laughs> what is, what it's all for. And, and just really follow the dictates of the manual, um, which there is a manual for this life that we live. And um, uh, I believe it's the Bible. I mean, it used to even be a thing. Like if, if it got down to an argument to where it, you could say, well, the Bible says, then that was it. Like no more argument. Like that was truth. And, um, and it's one thing to have had that in head knowledge, like I, I may have to some extent, and then to experience the fact that I can do something I don't want to do and it be awesome. And, and I, can, I can live my life in a way that seems um, to be, oh, a big higher power keeping his thumb on me, not letting me do the things I enjoy, which is what I felt like was happening. But in reality, it was the life that produced freedom. It, it wasn't all the victimization that I thought, well, they did this and they said that and, and whatever, that it was the, what really is keeping me up at night are the things I'm doing, are the people I've hurt. Um, and, and owning that, just like I was saying with the people on the school board, like I believe what's needed more than anything is true repentance, which isn't, I'm so sorry, yes, you're right. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, you're right. This has happened right before our eyes. And I regret it. Like, I regret that I sat there and did nothing while our school system has become demonic. I mean, that, that literally has happened within my lifetime. And, and it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, that's you know, no good or whatever. It's like, I cannot be okay with that. I am not going to look my son in the face and, it, and, and not be able to say, mama didn't try. I mean, there's too much at stake and, and, there's, and there's too many of us who are so strong and so willing and so passionate. Um, and it, I was saying on Sharona's show too, that it's like they laid this concrete slab of lies and, and we've been underneath it, just kind of you know, living our lives as if that, well, those, that's what everybody thinks now, or, you know, that's kind of where we are now. Um, and then the, the sunlight of the spirit, like finally this one little green weed like pops up in the middle of a slab through some crack. And that's what's happening. 
is is like your show and her show is like you cannot keep it out like we are here and we are not going to take it like hell hath no fury and um enough is enough amen very powerful now donna what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness you know i believe that um god put himself in the very last place we want to look, which is way, 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 way deep down inside ourselves. And, um, and that if we're willing to do that, right. And, and not in a way of like self-help, like I don't need self-help, like more Donna is not the answer. (laughs) Like I promise nobody needs more of that. But for me to finally, um, realize that God has been doing for me all along and that this idea of, um, of I've been able to do this or what it's, it's just false. Like God has done everything already. We've already won. We know how this plays out and yet, right. And yet, and yet we are here to grow his kingdom and to love one another and to be the salt and the light. And I just think that the salt needs to get a little saltier these days. And um, that the light is, um, you know, coming from underneath where we didn't expect it. Amen. Very powerful. Now, where can the audience find you, Donna? So goingballistic.org is the website and we're on all the social media. Um, we, um, like I say, we, I've been called to do this. I'm not in the results business. Like if God segues this into something else, or if I totally embarrass myself and nothing comes of it, like that's okay with me too, because I'm only seeking God. Like seeking God is not about finding God, right? Seeking God is about finding Gigi or finding Sharona or finding all the things that on a daily basis I'm I'm able to experience um, in spite of myself. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Donna on all of her social media platforms and her website, goingballistic.org. Again, that's goingballistic.org. And I'll say it again, goingballistic.org. Make sure to check out Donna. And Donna, thank you again for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Welcome. God bless. God bless.